Good afternoon and welcome to the Sitka Nature Show. This is your host, Matt. I want to thank you for joining me here in the fourth weekend of April 2023. It is definitely springtime here. We had some warm temperatures this past week, got up to 60 degrees for the first time this year. I don't know that we'll see uh, quite as warm a temperatures in the coming days here, but it was nice to have that sun and warmth for at least one day. And a lot of the plants responded accordingly. It seemed like a lot of things jumped up pretty quickly. Flowers starting to show up more. I found some fernleaf gold thread and blueberry flowers and dandelions blooming. Of course, the spring bulbs that people have planted as well. It's a good time to be getting out and exploring. The shorebirds are starting to arrive as well as many of our, or at least some of our songbird migrants. Ruby crown kinglets are picking up in numbers. The Robins are starting to show up in even larger numbers. They've been around for a couple of weeks. Uh, new migrants, I think, as well as some that had overwintered here uh, prior to that. Uh, the next couple of weeks should be some of the peak activity for bird migration. It seems like often the very end of April and the first week of May is when we see our biggest numbers for shorebirds and songbird migrants as well. And then things start to settle in for more of the summer nesting season. If you are getting out and looking, I'd love to hear what you're seeing out there. Please feel free to send me an email, sitkanature at gmail.com, or get on Facebook and like the Sitka Nature page there. The conversation I have for this week's show is one that I recorded in response to a request from Peter Apathy, who left a comment on my Raven radio show archives at sitkanature.org raven, asking about bird nests. Uh, he'd said that he didn't think he'd ever seen a raven nest before and thought it might be interesting for me to do a show talking about bird nests and when and where to look for them. So I got in touch with Laura Kaltenstein, who I talked to. It's been just over 10 years now since the first time I had a show with her that aired. And she, over the years, has found a number of bird nests. So we'll go ahead and join the conversation with her talking about how she has found some of those. Standing around for hours and hours, just staring, waiting, and watching for that bird to go back and forth, and then follow it, get closer and closer. And um, but sometimes they're building a nest in your backyard, right underneath you, while you paint the house, and you keep seeing them zip by. But just keep keep at it, and eventually you'll get closer and find a little junco's nest under a stump, right there, ten feet away from where you were just working. Yeah, they are secretive and pretty good, even when you're like, you know, it's got to be somewhere in, in almost within arm's reach, but you still can't quite find where they're disappearing to. They'll find, it seems like they'll find little pass through the, the thickets and brush and bushes and, and kind of try to get out of sight as they're making their approach. Um, but patience over the end will, will, or can pay off if you're willing to sit there and, and do that. And, I remember you, I think it was the last time that we talked, 10 years ago, sometime maybe that spring, you had just decided to go out to Stargavin several times, I think, and just, you know, bring out your thermos of, of warm warm drink and, and bundle up because it was cool mornings and just stand and watch the birds and, and see what they were doing out there over the course of a, of a day. And it was well worth it. I found nests that I never thought I'd find, and mostly it was because they were doing something that they didn't usually do. A golden crowned kinglet female came down onto the boardwalk in the uh, estuary, and she was fluttering up and down, acting like she was almost trapped between the railings, but the railings were too far apart. And pretty soon I noticed that every time she jumped up, she 
picked a tiny little piece of fiber off the old hand railing until she got a big full, and then she flew up, you know, in just two or three different branches, and then I saw her going into the nest. And you never would have seen that if you hadn't have seen what she was doing. But that was it because I thought golden crown kinglets are rarely on the ground. What is she doing on the ground? And that was my clue. Yeah, it's... I've mostly, I haven't been as patient as, as you have in, in doing it, but I get out a lot and just walking around and it's noticing birds carrying stuff is usually what, because I always am looking and trying to get pictures of birds and stuff. And they are often a little more visible when they're, when they're sort of actively in nest building mode. Also in feeding mode, I've found a number of nests later when they're, uh, when they're carrying food or when the young start begging. That's the other thing that, that uh, clues me off when I'm looking for them. That's later in the summer. Although it won't be long now and there will be some uh, young birds in the nests of some of our resident sparrows and, and juncos that really get started early. They have fledglings out by the end of May. So uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if there were some of those. But they are nesting, as you said, in your yard. I've seen um, song sparrow nest in my yard. I've seen a juncos nesting in my yard where I was just kind of standing on my porch and realize these juncos just seem to be going back and forth. And, oh, look, they keep going, they keep disappearing into this hole underneath a strawberry plant. And I never actually went and looked in to see the nest itself. I saw where it was roughly, but I didn't want to disturb the, the nest there. It was right on the ground in that case. And a song sparrow had just put a nest on the top of a brush pile. I don't think, I think they, they successfully fledged, but I don't think the fledgling lived very long because pretty quickly after that fledgling was gone, they were working on nest building again. And so if they don't have success, or I think even if they do, they'll actually go into a second round of nest building. But this time of year is actually the best because there's many of them all doing it all at once. Whereas if they have a failed nest or something along the line, this a lot more staggered later in the year. I have chickadees building a nest in the nest box right on my back porch. And uh, I can go out there and clean the rain gutters and it doesn't seem to deter them. Um, I built a couple boxes, and you can find online exactly how big the hole needs to be. But the squirrels will come, and they'll chew that hole bigger. Mm -hmm. So I put some, like, hardware wire around the edge of the hole so the squirrels can't chew it bigger. And then just as I was walking down here, I saw starlings carrying some grass up into the rain gutter end above Wintersong Soap. Mm. Yeah, they like to use the like the soffits, I guess they call them underneath the eaves. And if there's a get a hole in there, often they they will put. I think even push out the wire. A lot of times there's wire in those, and they'll just push that out. And they like to nest in there. I'm not sure I've ever seen them. I mean, when I've seen starlings nesting, it's been in buildings. And around here, I pretty much see them around town. I've never seen them away from town. They seem to be associated, and pigeons are another one that are associated with town. I've seen them nesting in, um, like, the underside of the, the shelter, like, underneath the shelter, the, the dock part of the shelter there. They're, I've seen them in there, or they will get under eaves if there's a place as well. To yeah, nest. up under the dock. And then <clears throat> the goal posts down at Muller Field are made of pipe, and they have an open hole in the end, and swallows will nest in oh, there. Oh, okay. That's I think fun. it was tree swallows. You could actually look in there and see the grass sticking out. Um, and then one of the most fun times I watched birds preparing nests was barn swallows. This was down at the old mill in Ketchikan. And there was a lot of shallow mud puddles. 
and they would come just hour after hour. They'd pick a tiny little piece of grass or the little tiniest stick, and they would stand in mud almost up to their bellies and coat that stick with mud and then fly off to their little hole and go in and build a nest. Yeah, the swallows, both barn swallows and tree swallows do nest here, and the tree swallows... They'll use nest boxes. My sons put, I know a number of people put up nest boxes. My sons put up nest boxes. Uh, The chickadees, if the chickadees decide to use a nest box, they will uh, actually harass. Even if you have two nest boxes up, the chickadees are using one. They they may not bother about you, but they don't like the swallows coming around. So they'll actually Hmm. harass them. I've talked to a couple different people that said, yeah, the chickadees set up nests. And then when the swallows showed up and tried to use one of the other nest boxes, the chickadees weren't having it. And um, so it just depends on on the year. But the tree swallows do like to nest in cavities. I've seen them nesting in utility poles uh, around town, like where sapsuckers have drilled out. Mm -hmm. They'll use those. In fact, there was, well, it's been quite a few years now, but one right uh, at the um, courthouse, the police police building courthouse there in the utility bowl on the corner of Lake Street. And I guess that's Oya Street there, or no, Edelin Street Extension or something. And they... um, and they were just going in and out of there um, so that they will reuse the nests of others. I mean, they're kind of dependent. They can't ex- excavate their own holes, so they're uh, dependent on finding the, no, uh, the holes of others. Chickadees, I've seen, I think they can do a little bit of excavation, but they will, um, there was a, well, it's fallen now, but right at the entrance, the main entrance to Totem Park, there was a dead, like a really dead uh, snag that was there. It's probably 15 feet tall before it fell. Now it's about four feet tall or three feet tall. And there was um, just like right at the trail, just above, you know, probably seven feet up, there was a hole in it and the chickadees were going in and out of there. My daughter noticed it one time and, and showed it to me. Just lots of people going right by there all the time, but they, they nested there. And so I think they probably excavated that one. It was rotten enough wood. They could just pull out the chunks. I've also seen them in a little, um, like the the hemlocks get really fluted, the, and they have those mm-hmm. really. And so there was actually also by the park, but um, those trees have been cut down now. But uh, between the park upper parking lot and the Sitka Counseling Buildings, there was some hemlock trees there. And I found that one because I heard them. I was like, "Where's that noise coming from?" And and it was the young that were begging, and it was just a little, um, just a little hole. Kind of the flute had started to grow together, and so there must have been enough of a hollow on the inside, and the bird was going into just a little hole there. I've seen creepers nest in hemlocks like that too, where you watch them go over and over and over, either carrying nesting material or food, and it looks like they just bash into the tree trunk and disappear and. You go and you look and you cannot see a place where they nest, but the more you watch and the closer you get, pretty soon there's this little place where the bark has lifted off or, like you said, a crevice in the fluting. Um, Pacific wrens, too, I found a nest out there. It was a tree that was leaning quite a bit and about 10 feet off the ground, and it just kept going with nesting material and just disappearing right at this tree trunk. And it was in the shadow. It was hard to see. But sure enough, you look close enough and you can see the tiniest little twigs with a little hole in the center. And they even had, um, because of the tree was leaning, they had a kind of a rain cover. Oh, nice. Yeah, the Pacific wrens will build multiple nests uh, and then just use, I think the male will build multiple nests and the, the female will choose one. There was, when I lived on Hillcrest Drive, which is up behind the uh, uh, Sheldon Jackson Museum, uh, somebody had left their like wreath up on the door, one of my neighbors, and 
I was walking by one time and I looked and I go, that looks like a nest. I went and looked closer and sure enough, a, a wren had built a nest in the middle of the wreath. So it was right on the door yeah. in the middle of the wreath and you could see the little hole. It actually kind of was, was pretty fitting. I don't know if, I don't, the, I don't think the wrens used that nest and I'm kind of, I mean, I probably would have kept the wreath uh, and just because it, it was kind of cool looking. Although the needles would have eventually fallen off. I think it was actual conifer needles, but uh, it was kind of fun. But I've seen a number of them uh, working on nests and building them. I've only seen one that was active, and it was right by the bridge in the uh, the footbridge in Totem Park. There's uh, as on the visitor center side of the river, there was this large tree just off to the left of the bridge, and it was. They've now cut it because I think they were afraid it was going to fall over. But um, and the root where they kind of extended out over the river and had cut away from underneath there, there was a place where they went in, and. I, I had seen the the wren working on the nest and but I and so I knew there was something there but then I knew that they also built multiple nests and so sometime later I just I was watching and it never seemed like anything was happening there so um, I kind of I leaned over and poked down and this wren came shooting right out of there and I was like oh I guess they still are there so I didn't I didn't bother it anymore and and uh, they I think I don't know if they were successful I didn't pay I didn't go back often enough to see but but they uh, they raised their or they they start had their nest and they were actually nesting there right right beside the trail again. Well, some of the information will tell you that a bird like a Pacific wren tends to nest under roots on the ground, very low down. So that's a good thing to pay attention to. Like the golden crowned kinglet, I knew that they nested way up high, so I was able to wonder what that was doing down there on the ground. But I have seen Pacific wrens, you know, again, like the one I found 10 feet or so up off the ground, and then I watched them also with food in their mouth go and almost climb up the trunk of a tree like a creeper and then go out onto a branch and just disappear into a big ball of moss that was at least 30 feet high. Mm. Yeah, it's I guess they have some trends but they don't read the books so they don't <laughs> they don't have to they don't have to follow along with what folks say they do and and I think that's also partly you know a lot of times there just somebody will do a study somewhere and then that's all that's known about a particular mm-hmm. species and it may be maybe that there's regional variation depending on you know a lot of these birds have a fairly extensive range. Yeah, I was asked by a non-birder one time, once you've seen a bird why do you need to see it again? Because they're always doing something, and it does take time to watch. And if they do the same thing over and over and over, something's going on. They're going to and from something. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, there are birders that do just want to see it once and move on. There are. Uh, I'm not really that style of birder, but uh, <laughs> but there are the folks that, that like to do that, and, and they're more about the, the getting the, the quantity um, but yeah, the other approach, you know, some folks just only watch the birds in their yard and they really get to know those and, and, uh, many yards in, in around Sitka and probably elsewhere uh, will have bird nests either in your yard or an adjacent yard. Mm-hmm. You know, there's enough juncos and song sparrows and, and other birds. And you can certainly, um, encourage if you are interested in having nesting birds by having thickets and, and sort of a mixed, a mix of habitat, um, that is helpful for, um, just creating the sort of space a bird might want to uh, nest in. And they love any kind of brush pile. So mm-hmm. one of the junco nests I found in my yard one year, I tried to get real close so I could see it because I had seen the others. I could see the eggs. I could watch the babies hatching. But this one was so deep into some brush, I 
I was happy about that because neighbors have cats that yeah. wander around. I don't know how the first nest survived, but no cat was going to get into this one. Yeah, and that's something to keep in mind is just asking yourself, okay, what do these birds need from? And they have their particular habitat. I mean, like some of them are much more canopy feeders, and so they, they need access to food and they need shelter, you know, uh, cover, uh, ways to hide essentially because they are very vulnerable, generally speaking, to cats and other predators. There's sharp-shinned hawks and merlins around uh, that can uh, go after them. And actually ravens are um, in a significant nest predator uh, mm-hmm. I, they i have seen robins uh, they make i've seen a raven make very quick work of a robin nest with a near wow. like like large there wasn't even like small they, they were probably only a week or so away from fledging they were pretty good size and then they were just gone <laughs> it was just in moments it was it was uh, uh yeah and this was a, a tree right outside my window um second second floor uh window in a um, pine tree and the robins were there, and they'd been nesting for, I don't know, I mean, they'd been there for some weeks because the birds were getting big. And then well, I happened to be upstairs, and I was looking out there, and and this raven was just there. And then the the nestlings were gone. And the it was probably at least an hour that the male robin was holding food and just calling around the yard. You know, it was just like... And then eventually the, the two robins sort of seemed to regroup a little bit and move off and I didn't see them again. They probably went somewhere. It was early enough in the year. They probably went somewhere else to try again. And the Raven systematically went up like every tree branch in my yard and the neighbor's yard, just I think looking for more nests. And it's not unusual for Ravens to, um, to find or look for nests. I had been hearing the thrushes and robins in particular have this really high-pitched alarm called a a call called the aerial predator alarm and it's it's very high frequency just kind of i can't really imitate it very well but um i'd been hearing that and i knew i'd I'd heard that it was an aerial predator alarm and i was thinking aerial predators okay that means there's a hawk around somewhere and -hmm. i would look and look and i just never see any hawk and then after that i started looking i was like oh look, there's a raven up there. And they would sit, and I'd see them holding, if I could find the the robin making the call, which isn't always easy because it's difficult to sort of locate those calls, but it would often be there. And, you know, you could sometimes see where it was looking. Uh, I've seen them holding food while they were doing that, and there'd be a raven up in a tree, you know, Mm. just across the street or something. And it's just... It's just sitting there and it's like, it's not going anywhere near its nest while that raven, while it's aware of that raven... And that raven could be aware of where it's going because that and raven is just watching. Robins will sit there on a branch with food in their mouth, looking back at you, watching mm. them forever before they go <laughs> to their nest. I I also saw a uh, eagle heron massacre one time at mm. Stargavin. There was a nest that Lucy Phillips and I had found uh, herons, and we could see it. And pretty soon we saw the babies were starting to stand up, and they had really sparsely feathered wings but they were standing up and at that point they make a lot of noise too so you could tell and for the first time one day I saw both of the heron parents down at the beach at the same time and as soon as they did the eagles came over and took the babies Mm. and the parents came back because there was so much noise ravens came around and raised so much noise that people were coming from down the road saying what's going on up here it was really loud Um, and yeah, the eagles just had their way with the babies, even with both heron parents coming back. 
and standing on the branches nearby and jabbing at the eagles, but they just didn't dare do anything. Mm-hmm. So they lost both their babies. Wow. Yeah, I've seen the heron nests. It's it's almost generous to call them nests. It's more like a, sort of a, a pile of sticks on the on a branch, a, th- a thin layer of sticks on a branch kind of thing. It's it's a little bit remarkable given the size of the birds, and I've seen them. I guess I've seen a a couple of I've seen a couple places where they've been nesting. I guess only I've always always seen it after the young have hatched. I don't know if I even knew mm-hmm. what to look for before that, but. Um, often the one I remember seeing, it was on South Baranoff. It was off Rezanoff Lake. It was well up off the, off the saltwater. So they fl- flew, I don't know, two or three miles at least, maybe four or five miles uh, up to where this nest was. And it was up in the forest off Rezanoff Lake. And I heard the, the heron flying in at night. You know, they have that big croaking, mm-hmm. croaking call. And it's like, there's something going on up there. And found a tree that just was whitewashed all around the base and then I also found the eggshells the blue they're pretty good size they're almost chicken size I found those too yeah. under the nest yeah yeah and they so they were there and then I looked up and and the and the young bird were just sitting on a branch it was pretty good size by that point it this was August uh and then a few years ago when they're actually just starting to work on the Catlian road I was doing some um helping out with some of the surveying for bird nests uh this would have been in June and there were it was up off the road alignment where they were cutting, but not too far. It was close enough, and and I think we heard them. This this was actually two nests. There was like four young in trees up. It was up in the dense forest, but it wasn't far from Mosquito Cove as as the birds fly, you, you know. And I was a little surprised that it seemed like there were two nests. I know in other places they'll nest in dense rookeries, the herons will, but for some reason around here they don't seem to do in that. montana they do there's yeah in the wintertime you can see the nests in the bare trees yeah. all along the river and i don't know why they don't do that here i think there might be a brookery kind of thing in Juneau. it seems like i've heard about that but i've never seen that around sitka mm. um and i don't know i guess if the eagles won't come while there's adults around then having a rookery would make it easier to protect against eagles yeah um, but obviously, if if there's just one nest and both adults go, then they're and the eagles are aware of it, uh, they will um, can can come in and get them. And maybe that has to do too with other kinds of predators that are down in that area that might even climb a tree mm, yeah. to get it nest maybe ones so. that we don't have. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, the the other heron nest I'm aware of was right by the or not far from the viewing platform there at Stargavin. Somebody told me about it, and by the time I ever saw it, the young bird was nearly fledged, so it was pretty good sized in there. Um, but it was mm-hmm. just in that that patch of trees between the road and the, and the viewing platform. I've seen that one, and they can be loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's the birds that just nest right out on the ground on some beach. Um, on the Yukon River one time, we were kayaking, and there was a pretty bad storm. We had to get off the river at any flat place. We just had to. And the terns and the poor seagulls up there, they were just nesting right there. And we're, here we're thrashing around, dragging our boats up, pitching the tent, just trying to get out of this desperate weather. And they attacked us all night long. And you could walk around carefully looking and go... Yep, sorry, there it is, just a few feet from yeah. our tent, but we can't move now or we might even make things worse. Um, and semi-palmated plovers, yeah. I think they were up there, and they, they'll they come over and attack your boots. Oh, wow. Yeah, the ones I've seen, semi-palmated plovers, they nest over much of Alaska. They don't nest right here in Sitka. 
I've seen them nesting where they were nesting in Taylor Bay, which is actually part of Glacier Bay National Park, but um, further out, it's the last bay essentially before you get to the Gulf of Alaska, just north of Elfin Cove. And I was over there with some folks um, from Elfin Cove a few years ago, and the plovers were doing, they weren't attacking our, our boots, but they were doing their sort of broken wing display. They would kind of go mm-hmm. and then kind of drag their ring like they were. And I, I wanted to see the nest. And so I was, I was kind of I was just watching and, and looking. And eventually, like, if you just sat there long enough, they would go back and sit on their nest. And so, but it was just like a little cup in the sand. Uh, there was not, I mean, they made a little divot in the sand. That was, that was the extent they of They did that, nest. too, in Ketchikan at the old mill where there's a lot of open spaces that had been abandoned for some time. Were those so. killdeer or, or plo- uh, semi-palmated plovers? I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, because killdeer do the same thing. And I'm not sure. I think Ketchikan does have nesting killdeer. I've never seen seen them here, but they're pretty similar-looking yeah. birds. So who knows? They might do it at the old mill out here. Yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting. I don't know why we don't have... I think Juno has killdeer nesting as well. We get a few that move through. And mm-hmm. so I guess it wouldn't be a total surprise to see killdeer nesting here. But as far as I know, it's never been reported. And then we do have a couple other shorebirds that do nest here. The... Spotted sandpipers, they have nested out at the millside or at the old, along Old Airport Road. I don't know where they nested specifically, but they were there with downy young, you know, running. Because wow. the shorebird young, as soon as they hatch pretty much, very shortly after they hatch, they'll be up and yeah. running around. And they won't go back to the nest. The only nest, I've, I've seen nests actually when I was helping out with survey work up above, Blue in the valley above Blue Lake before they raised the dam. Um, there were, I don't know, two or three, maybe there was only one or two, uh, spotted sandpiper nests on gravel bars along the river. And they would, um, you, you could find them. In in that case, the adult male is the one that stays with the nest. And the female actually um, put eggs in multiple nests wow. and, and just stay with the last one. I also found a nest at um, Medvici Lake, at the upper end of Medvici Lake. There was a little sandbar. And, and so places along streams where there's gravel or sandbars or, or near water they like to nest but uh kind of on gravelly open areas and again their nest is i think they might actually put a little grass in their nest but not much it, it was mostly just a cup in the ground and then the other shorebird we have that nests here are black oyster catchers and they nest out on the rocks uh rocky islets and stuff i've seen mm-hmm. seen nests there again just a scrape in the sand or the shells <laughs> mm-hmm. and the eggs are there uh, they get flooded out by tides sometimes. Like they are right mm. on the tide line pretty much. They they are, you'd think that they would have figured, I don't know why they're so close to the tide line. Sometimes like they would think that that would make it unsuccessful, but maybe, maybe not. Um, or maybe just storms every once in a while would be a problem. But they like to be out on those islets and they will... When I've seen them out there, usually, of course, I'm there in nice weather. I think probably the sun is warm enough for their eggs. And so they will sometimes sit on their nest. But most of the time, if you happen to start getting near the nest, they just start allow- alarming. And once I got an eye for what they look like, I didn't have too much trouble finding them in places where I knew they were probably some nests. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are easy to miss if you don't know what you're looking for. But they're just little gray speckled eggs sitting. And they kind of look, you know, they easily blend in with the rocks and the shells and everything. So... Well, there's some birds, too, like the song sparrow that have these little territories. And, you know, 20 years later, you know, there's always a song sparrow year round at one certain place in Totem Park. So 
that's got to be a good place for them to nest because it's generation after generation. Yeah. Yeah, and the song sparrows have an interesting... Uh, I mean, the, there was song sparrow nesting. We had, you know, you mentioned brush piles earlier. We just, whenever we trim back alders or salmon or salmon berries or whatever, we just kind of pile them in a pile. Marge Ward, mm-hmm. uh, you know, told me, says the birds really like the brush piles. Mm-hmm. And then you can spread feed around. Great and, excuse to yeah. have a messy yard. Yeah. So it's kind of, we put it all in a pile. And there was song sparrow using that, uh, using that nest. But I've also had people that they like to kind of get into thickets and, and brush and stuff. And, and they'll nest pretty close to the ground. Um, and so... And their nests, uh, sometimes they're sheltered enough that years later you can kind of be digging something out and you'll find a bird's nest. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't think they often reuse the the same nest. They generally are building new ones. Maybe they'll build on top of an old one or something. Um, but they, you know, they'll find an area that they like that has the food and, and familiarity, I think. If, and they'll live a few years. You know, an individual will live a few years. We had, had ones uh, returning, you know, based on the banding we were doing. Um, some that were just returning for the winter, but there was also a couple that were here year round that were just in the in the same, you know, that were, that wasn't in the same yard. I mean, they don't obviously see pop- property boundaries the same way we do, so <laughs> you know. But it was the neighbor's yard or the neighbor's neighbor's yard. You know, they were definitely in that in that area uh, year round based on seeing them with the with the uh, the color band that they had on them. There was a leaning snag right by the footbridge out at Staragav, and I think it's too rotten now, but for quite a few years, the sapsuckers would nest in there. And one spring, I saw a sapsucker working on a, on a new nest in that same snag, and I thought, great, this is going to be good viewing. And it had a little kerfuffle with a chickadee. Mm. They were they were scuffling over that nest, and neither one of them ever nested in it. But mm. it was interesting that a chickadee would take on a sapsucker like yeah, that. Chickadees are, I mean, yeah, they seem to be a little bit um, aggressive with even birds larger than them when it comes to mm. nesting nesting stuff. They don't mind going after it. And the, um, yeah, actually, you know, in preparation for this, I compiled a list of, of birds. I just went through the list of birds for Sitka and, and I found that there was about 70 species that nest here at least sometimes which is more than i would have guessed like 40 or 50 just off off the top of my head Um, but some of them are birds that we don't necessarily think of you know there's the waterfowl i I have canada geese mallards harlequin ducks barrows golden eye hooded mergansers nest in the area but not very often i've seen i've seen very young hooded mergansers and i've heard about them Uh, and then common mergansers nest pretty commonly barrows golden eyes the only place i've seen them right around town but for the last few years if you go up to beaver lake in the summer you can see a barrow's golden eye with flightless young up there wow. um, and so there the barrow's golden eyes and the mergansers nest in tree cavities and i don't think they can do much excavating of their own cavities so they have to find like a place where um, a tree has fallen off and there's a rotted hole there. And don't wood ducks do that too? Wood ducks do that as well. And, and then the young have to just jump out? They jump out and when they're fluffy downy things, they I think they have pretty soft landings. But you'll see very small young of common mergansers out on, like they'll go uh, down the river, I guess. And I, you mentioned before we started recording, you've seen them on the lake along Indian River Road or the pond there? Yeah, that wide spot in the river kind of up behind the raptor center oh, okay. so you could yeah. see him from the the far end of the raptor center trail mm-hmm. yeah so they are probably nesting up there and then gradually making their way down downstream and then we mm-hmm. see them along the shoreline there of uh 
between the Indian River mouth and and like the the Science Center or over mm-hmm. in Jamestown Bay area, and they will I think a, a lot of times multiple ducks will lay eggs in the same nest and one mother ends up caring for all of them. So you'll see one one female with like twenty some you know young ones to start with. They I don't often a, a lot of experience with that growing up on a farm where we raised ducks and we had irrigation ditches and the female ducks were. They were partly domesticated, so they were a little confused. Uh, but they would go up and build a lot of nests, and it was our job as kids to go find the abandoned nest, bring the eggs back, and every time you brought a, a fresh little hatchling out to a mother duck, I mean, one of us had to have the broom to guard the other one because all those babies were hers. Mm, wow. <laughs> yeah, and so it's it's a, a, a tough life for those young mergansers. They Eagles go after them. I wouldn't be surprised if some other things do too, but eagles loons. in particular. I've seen loons oh, wow. do it. And uh, on Kenai Lake, loons, would they would just play with them. It was pretty merciless. Oh. And eventually the mother merganser abandoned the babies because there were two loons and just her and three or four babies. They drowned them all, and she took off flying down the other end of the lake and just gave up on them. Wow. They were really mean. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds rough. It's... Uh, I've have seen the the eagles going after the young young ones and the young ones are yeah. too fluffy to they can't actually dive effectively so they they are like they can get down under the water just briefly and then they pop back up and mm-hmm. the eagle would go overhead and it would you know dive down and the mother would go across the surface real quick and that was I think her signal of get underwater and all the babies would just go straight down mm-hmm. and then just at the last moment she would go down, the eagle would, would obviously can't stall at its bottom place and stay there. And so it would go back up and then it'd all pop back up again. And this repeated several times over a few minutes before the eagle gave up. Uh, but it was, uh, and, and then they climbed on her back and <laughs> they, they trundled away across, uh, across Jamestown Bay. But it, they, some years there's a pretty good success. I mean, I've seen as they get larger and closer to, you know, coming in with their real feathers there along the, or with their real feathers, with their flight feathers, um, along the shoreline there when they are between the Science Center and the park. I've seen, you know, 17 or more, like, and they'll stay in the group. The adult kind of just disappears at some point, leaves them on their own, but the young ones will stay in, in that group uh, and continue to to hang out there. And so sometimes at least they, they have success, but, but there are many times when it's a little bit more challenging. Um, the mallards on the other hand, they're nesting right on the ground. I, they nest around Swan Lake. There's probably some on nests right now. Um, I, I, they get in the marsh. The one that I've seen, I was poking around in the woods at the upper end of the lake, kind of just off molar track. And I don't, all I remember is like almost stepping down and sort of not, and then looking down and there's a, a, female mallard just sitting there just all tucked up in a ball looking up at me you know ice still i mean like ice ice still like just frozen and um and i it almost was startling because to just realize i'd almost stepped right on right on her in her nest and so she's just in there relying on the um camouflage of mm-hmm. her, and it was pretty good like i didn't I, I mean i saw it when i was looking but i i didn't really notice it when i was just walking around but pretty soon they'll be they'll be young ducks on the lake, and it seems like there's there's must be several nests every year, and they just appear out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. For a situation like that, you pretty much just have to be looking for possible nests and not doing anything else, not trying to get anywhere or looking off in the distance. 
Or you will just step on them. Yeah. And they aren't going back and forth. I mean, they probably do a little bit of nest building, but it's just kind of a little thing. They're not quite as actively building as some of the songbirds, so it's a little more difficult uh, to spot them. And then once they're off, you know, once the young hatch, they're just out on the water. So it's a little more, you're a little less likely to see, find, find a nest there. Um, we do have ptarmigan nesting here up high. I've seen, again, they don't stay on the nest very long, so I don't think I've ever seen a ptarmigan nest. I've seen very small young that probably had hatched only within days mm-hmm. of of being on the nest, but uh, I'd not, they're nesting on the ground. I think they just make kind of little divots in the ground essentially again, but um, those again are would be... Boy, they'd be hard to see also because ptarmigan are pretty good at camouflage. So they're probably in a little bit of that. Uh, it'd be early season, though, so there wouldn't be too much stuff growing up. I remember the ones that I saw were quite young were just along um, by the picnic area along Harbor Mountain Road. Up, You know, as it get up to the top where it flattens out and there's a the picnic area up off to the right. Um, they were up there, so I think they probably nested in that area uh, and... I don't, I don't know where exactly. And then the rock ptarmigan would be even higher up on some of the rocky peaks like Bear Mountain. Um, but I've never found one of their nests. We have had pipebill grebes nest here. That's a pretty unusual nester. But we've had one around this year. Makes me wonder if we might, if it might stick around for nesting season. I think grebes build kind of a mound of mud and stuff at the edge and vegetation at the edge of a lake. So there's enough vegetation around Swan Lake. It would be unlikely that we would see their nest there, but it's, you know, mm-hmm. something that if you live on along the edge of the lake or uh, are happen to like to kayak on the lake or something, it might be something to watch for. They have a very interesting, like their call, they have this really deep sort of like blowing across a bottle sort of call hmm. and they gradually sink into the water as they're making it. <laughs> uh, I, there's a few years ago when they nested that, that I've, watched one doing that right by the right by the peninsula there at the lake and then then the downy young show up they don't stay in the nest very long and they'll be out out on the lake but they're very uh well camouflaged as well and once all the pond lilies and stuff are up they they hide pretty well so they can be a little difficult to see have you ever happened to run into a hummingbird nest no but um you know the sap suckers will make a sap well on a tree mm-hmm. and I've seen a hummingbird was coming to that and then back and forth, back and forth real frequently. So I know I was getting close out there at Stargavin. Yeah. So if you find, you know, warblers or hummingbirds coming to something like that really often, if you watch, you might be able to find it. Well, the only hummingbird nest I've seen is one I didn't actually find, but um, Tyler Orbison was doing some survey work along Sawmill Creek below the dam. And found this nest. I think I don't think there was a bird in it when he found it, and he was wondering what it was. So he, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm curious. We'll go go look. So we went back and looked, and there was a hummingbird in the nest. Uh, it was just a little nest, you know, maybe maybe an inch around or something mm-hmm. like that, as you might expect. And it was on a short hemlock. Str- uh, the hemlock was growing in the understory, so it was just like a short, skinny hemlock, and it was just out on a branch, probably about eye, eye height for me, so maybe five and a half, six feet. And uh, it was kind of cool to see that, see the, I got some pictures of it. And then I went back later and the young were in the nest also. And they were just like overflowing the nest. It was kind of crazy. They were getting close to fledging, I think, at that point. And if anybody ever sees, Anna's hummingbirds are almost certainly nesting here, but they've never been documented nesting. So I've seen them, uh, females coming down and getting grit, which is something that's associated with nesting. 
so if anybody ever sees Anna's hummingbird nesting, I'd be very interested we in hearing about know. it. Yeah, because it would be a first documented, at least for the state. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's presumed at this point that they do. But that's a fun one. Rufus hummingbirds are, are around and, and showing up now. This week, people have been seeing them. And I don't know, you seem like you had, had some. I had one displaying in the yard yesterday and, and, you know, just flying straight up. I've seen them up uh, by Thimbleberry Lake doing the U-shape thing mm. where they fly up and they do the chattering and then they swoop down and then they fly up again. So it makes a U-shape pattern. But this one was kind of between houses in my yard, but it was definitely staging on the tiniest little highest little branch and, and then just flying straight up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, their their flight displays are kind of fun to watch. Uh, you mentioned running into gulls nesting on along the riverbanks up in um, the Yukon. We do have short-billed gulls sometimes nest around here. They'll nest on pilings or, like, rocks in the middle oh, of a pond. Oh, yeah, or... out at the mill the, because the eagles will come down and harass them. So it's, there's a lot of noise involved. It's pretty easy to see them just yeah. sitting out there with... A little tuft of grass, the grass that has grown up by itself on the top of an mm-hmm. old wooden piling. There, the pilings that go out in front of the science center, just you know where the spur of the, mm-hmm. the seawalk goes. Last summer, there were a pair of of short billed gulls that were hanging out there and looking like they were thinking about nesting because they were harassing. When the eagles would fly over, they would one of them would fly up and harass it. You know, mm-hmm. they were just trying to keep them off doesn't seem like they actually ended up nesting there because they didn't hmm. they weren't there for that long but uh, I think they were considering it at least uh, glaucus wing gulls nest but I think the main place they nest around here is out on Lazaria and they're eating the young of other birds but in turn I've seen eagles grabbing their young so it's it's mm-hmm. a little bit of a bird eat bird world out there at Lazaria uh, you mentioned the loons going after the mergansers a common and red-throated loons nest here they'll nest along lakes uh, typically, and I think again they build a, a. They can't actually walk on land, so they're building right at the edge of. They can sort of scoot a little bit, right mm-hmm. at the edge of. Um, and I think they build kind of a, a mud vegetation sort of thing that they they do right at the edge, and then pretty soon after the young hatch, they're out on the water. I've never found one of their nests, but I've heard of other people seeing them. They used to nest before the town developed more. They used to red throated loons used to nest on Swan Lake, um, but I think it's been. 100 years or more since, yeah. <laughs> since they did that, probably. Uh, but you'll see them. I've seen them on Blue Lake in the summer and Beaver Lake, so I suspect there might be nesting around there somewhere, but I've never seen the young. But they're another one to, to keep an eye out for in this area. Um, herons we've talked about. Um, Sharpshin hawks and goshawks, I've not seen their nests. Merlin's another one. Um, Merlin, uh, there was a guy that used to live here, Chuck Susie, who... Um, was really liked raptors, and so he was always paying attention to raptors. He did find a merlin nest up in uh, Thimbleberry once, and it was just a pile of sticks. You know, raptors aren't really notorious for their their nest building, although bald eagles make pretty big nests. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, one time out past the post office, I saw an eagle come down, and it looked like it was going after a fish, and it just snagged a big lump of dirt and grass and carried it off and and put it in its nest that you could see from the post office. Hmm. So they don't just use sticks. Well, and they will reuse nests from year to year. Um, sometimes the, they'll have a couple ones that they move between. Oh, yeah. There, there's two pretty close together out that you can see from the paved road bridge at Stargavin. And they've been using one or just the one next to it for, I don't know, 12, 13 years mm. or so that I know of. 
every year about this time I go and look, and sure enough, there's a white head, one nest or the other. Yeah. Yeah, and there are a lot of them along the shorelines and various places along the road and elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think there's two or three on Lazaria uh, if you're out there on a boat. But the there's one in this time of year they're just like you'll hear this crack crack and then you'll see the eagle flying around with a stick in its in its uh, talons and uh, they're adding to their nests every year it seems like and then and then nesting again they're uh, appear to be getting ready to use the one or maybe already using the one that's right behind the visitor center at, at totem park here in town mm-hmm. uh, i imagine that there's other ones uh in well, the park as well that they're using sj yeah so they're they're ones that are not so subtle uh, red-tailed hawks do nest here as well, but I've never I've I've heard about nests, but I think they just nest up in trees, and they're not so many of them that they would be easy to find a nest for. Uh, but I and I haven't seen them. I just I see them around Stargaven. Yeah, Herring Cove is where I've seen them the most often, but yeah. not often. Yeah, and up on um, Ga- uh, Harbor Mountain, if you're kind of hiking the trail on Harbor Mountain, it's not unusual mm. to see them there in the summer. But they cover a lot of territory, so it's it's hard to know exactly where they're they're nesting. Uh, screech owls are another pretty common nester. In other places, you can get owls to nest in nest boxes, but I'm not aware of anybody having success with that here. But they'll nest in tree cavities. Um, haven't seen a nest of theirs. Belted kingfishers, I have seen a nest of, though. Have you found any well, of their nests? I have. Out at Stargavin, what, it's all full of alders now, but in the boat launch parking that's across from the water, it used to be just a bare bank with a lot of ash exposed, and they nested up about a foot under the tangle of roots and moss, and they dug into that ash. And also, at, um, just the beginning of going out the road to Medvici, the same thing. Mm-hmm. You, you'll see holes up there. And I watched uh, the male and female were sitting on a light post, and one would go in and check out the nest, and then the other one would go in, and they'd come out and discuss it. And yeah, it's it's interesting that they nest in these holes. I've seen holes in along Indian River in the cut bank below the road bridge. You can kind of look across from mm-hmm. from the trail that goes along the river there. And um, I don't think I don't know if they reuse holes or not. And you'll just see holes. Like sometimes I think they start on Thimbleberry Lake Trail going up above the as you're going up towards crossing over. There was a place and right. my son a few years ago when he was younger, he I says, Why don't you go check out those? And he stuck his hand in one and it didn't go back very far. So I think they'd started and decided to abandon that hole. And the other one went back further and they might have I used understand that one. they can be fifteen feet oh, deep. Wow. That's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. The one I did uh, the one I remember seeing active was again up above Blue Lake when we were doing some survey work. A tree had fallen over the river and in its root wad you know still a lot of dirt in that and and it had it had was um, put a hole into that, and it, so it can't have been very deep because it wasn't very thick. You know, the the root mass there wasn't mm-hmm. very thick, so kind of just went in there under the roots. And I saw him carrying food in and out of there uh, as over the course of the summer as we were up there at various times. It's always worth it though to look on, on any exposed bank mm-hmm. near water, right up under that moss and root layer. You'll find holes. Yeah, yeah, and. The uh, woodpeckers, we mentioned the sapsuckers earlier, the hairy woodpecker and northern flicker, other woodpeckers that will excavate. Um, I usually find those nests because the young are so loud and they're just like constantly calling. You Uh, mentioned that one in front of the police station and then there was another one on Peterson. And even in the middle of the day, I'm riding my bike by, you know, I'm busy, I'm moving fast and there's a lot of traffic. You can still get stopped and hear this peep, 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 peep. Yeah, yeah. And... 
for sapsuckers and hairy woodpeckers as well. I've only seen one northern flicker nest. Um, my daughter actually found that one. It was in a utility pole right by Foronado, uh, just going out the road there uh, at the corner of their parking lot. And it looked like all the other holes except for it was bigger. bigger. Yeah, it was just a little bigger. So I don't know if they started with a sapsucker hole and then just expanded it or if they built their own from scratch. But There was one right across from the post office for years too, but that mm. snag eventually came down. Yeah, so it's uh, woodpeckers are, are fun to watch, and they don't seem to care much if you know where their nest is uh, and, and are you know, later in the year, easier to find. Or you can just watch them. Like, you hear them working on a nest sometimes, too. Mm-hmm. Just the tap, tap, tap. And, and, and their head excavate. comes out and they spit out a mouthful of yeah. wood chips. <laughs> so it's quite a process for them to um, to get those going. Uh, the corvids, you know, the crows and ravens, the crows often communally nest. And if you um, are perceived mm-hmm. as a threat to their nest, they nesting, they will, they will come after you. Uh, mm-hmm. So... I, everyone's. I, somebody was telling me one year they nested along near the trail in the park, and they would like sometimes attack dogs or, or people that were just walking through the park. Um, the raptors, you know, mentioned earlier. That's another thing. In some places where goshawks are nesting, they people they'll just attack people. Like if they're nesting near a trail, they'll just attack people and mm-hmm. like hurt them. So sometimes they've closed trails because <laughs> during nesting season for that. Crows, I think, aren't quite as aggressive as that. I've seen raven nests in at the um, Mosquito Cove side of the the loop, not the trail, but the the road loop. They're just right above. I think this is the uh, restrooms. Above the restrooms, yeah. 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 And they they were loud and they nest early. I, I used to do a birding tour out there, and by the time the tours really started, the young were screeching and really loud. Of course, any time they hear the parents coming with food, then the the raucous starts. But they would leave the nest about Memorial Day. Mm, okay. Yeah, and they're not much of a nest. Uh, it was just kind of a pile of sticks in the moss. Mm-hmm. It seemed like on a branch. Uh, the one when I when I saw it there, uh, Stellar's jays. They they nest around here. I for the first time saw Stellar's jay work. Stellar's jays working on a nest uh, just this past week, and they were building in a pretty dense um, small spruce tree. Um, so maybe I mean it was on a slope. So on the uphill side of the slope, it was I was actually looking down at it. So I'm guessing it was probably about maybe six feet off the ground or something, not, not very high off the ground. And they were mm. like breaking off alder branches. And it was kind of funny because the alder branches might've been foot and a half or two feet long and forked. And they were going into this dense, dense uh, branches and, and stuff to get into their nest. And they'd kind of have to jerk it around to get through there. And then once they were in there, as best I could see, I couldn't see them very well, but they would kind of like work to carefully place it. And I don't know, I guess they're weaving it together somehow. Uh, so, so, be interesting to see. I'll probably try and follow up on that one a few times over the course of the summer and, and see mm-hmm. if they're they're using it as a, as a nesting. Um, then we've already talked about a number of the, the songbirds, the chickadees and brown creepers and wrens. American dipper nests are kind of fun to find. Um, I found a couple of them, the, the, well, several of them, all under the road bridge on Indian River. Um, the the I-beam, they have these concrete I-beams up there, and they really seem to like those. And huh. so if you walk down where you can see underneath there looking from the downriver side is is, they all seem to be on the upriver side so looking from downriver side is 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 easier to see them it's just a globe of moss with a hole in it and eventually they'll collapse so the older ones uh, have started to collapse and stuff and they did seem to reuse some of the nests Um, uh, but several years they've nested under there i don't know if they're nesting there this year but they would be working on nests already um if uh, so you could see those. And then I've, the other one I found was just 
along the river, along the Indian River Trail. Um, and I heard them, the young, begging, and that's, mm-hmm. and I was kind of able to figure it out. But it was in an overhanging bank, you know, right along the river, and they would fly up uh, underneath there. So they're kind of fun to see. Have you ever found one of their nests? Nope. Yeah, they're you kind of have to be looking for them, spending time along the water. They don't they don't go far away from. I know the rivers Lucy there. Phillips has out at Medvici, and it was kind of behind a waterfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like to do that. They'll just disappear into the waterfall sometimes. Yeah. So, um, kinglets we've talked about the thrushes build nests. I mean, often you'll find they're they're sort of the classic bird nest looking thing. You know, they have a little cup of moss and grass. Mm-hmm. And some of them are nesting relatively low. We talked about robins before, but I've seen hermit thrushes and Swainson's thrushes nesting at, you know, only three or four feet off the ground. And I've seen varied thrushes really high. I, I watched the male several times bring food and work his way way up a big spruce tree. And the nest was in this little divot there right between the trunk and the branch mm. so it wasn't out in the salmon berries like you'll find their old nests of yeah. maybe that's other thrushes those that could do be that. there yeah those could be the hermit thrushes because i've mm-hmm. seen them and the swainson's thrush that i saw was in a just a small uh, conifer just tucked right against the the branch mm-hmm. there um i've seen them right along the trail uh, a couple of times in totem park so it's kind of remarkable i guess we're just you know, we're just walking by, not really expecting there to be a nest there. And they're and, just yeah. hanging out there in the pouring rain. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, the waxwings, I've seen cedar waxwings will nest here. Uh, I've seen their nests a couple of times in like mountain ash trees, actually both, which is maybe unsurprising mm-hmm. because they they really go after fruit. And mm-hmm. although I don't think mountain ash fruit is kind of ready by the time they're wanting, maybe they just like that kind of a tree. They probably nest in other trees as well, but... Um, we don't have a lot of them nesting here, but they do nest. One of them I saw the nest was right along the seawalk, one of the mountain ash trees along the seawalk there at Crescent Harbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my neighborhood, uh, somebody who lives around the corner from me had them nesting in, in the mountain ash trees in their yard. So they're such a pretty bird. Also, they're worth worth keeping an eye out for. Um, the um, Let's see. Oh, pine siskins. I've seen pine siskin nests in... Um, well, one time, just along in the there's a little bunch of pines in the uh, a small cluster of pines in the landscaping there at the corner of Crescent Harbor, right across from go uh, from um, the the gallery, the Rose Gallery. The there there's wow. a little little pine trees that are you know maybe only ten feet tall, and there was a pine siskin nest just out on one of the branches there that I could huh. I could kind of I I think I was hearing it and I was looking looking and I finally finally spotted it in there. And I think they also one nested in in the trees. So sometimes they're a little higher, and That's they're such I a was small thinking, bird. Way up there in the alders. Yeah, I've seen them in the spruce tree in my yard, but because I was at the second floor, I could see it, and it was more like eye level from the second floor. But they could be hard to hard to find. Um, the um, sparrows we've talked about, fox sparrows I've seen in in brush bushes, uh, and some of these are. I think, I don't know if they're second nesting up high or something, but, you know, it's way too early to be nesting in the Alpine right now. But when I'm going hiking in July, you know, I'll see There's them nesting There's so many there. fox sparrows up there in in the summer yeah. later on. So maybe they do go build a second nest higher up. Yeah, I kind of wondered about that. And then the warblers, you know. Oh, Lincoln sparrows, I guess. We've talked about song sparrows. Lincoln sparrows like to nest along lakes and estuaries. In the grass. In the grasses. Uh, out there in the estuary at Stargavin. You've, you've seen their nests out I've there? I've seen them go into yeah. their nests over yeah. and over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and then the warblers. And I don't think I've – I found an orange-crowned warbler nest. It was up high. It was actually in, in kind of a slope ground. There was actually in, in the ground. I don't think they normally – I think they normally build nests in, in bushes and stuff. But when you get above tree line, if you're, if you're up there, trees are a little yeah. less easy to come by. And that one was – I heard the young calling, and it took me a while – and I like I knew I was close. The the adult was there and it was looking at me and it was like had its food and it wanted to go in. And I was just like, I'm gonna try and wait out here. I don't really want to disturb you too much. Finally it went in and so I was able to get pictures of it actually, you know, giving young hmm. to the food uh giving the food to the young. But I suspecting that like towns and the warblers are pretty high up in the trees. And uh Wilson's warblers I think are probably in the thickets and yellow warblers also are probably in the thickets, but I haven't found any of their in any of their nests around here. So, I mean, that's, well, most of the birds that, that nest here, we've at least given mention to, like I said, there's, you know, 60 to 70 that are, that are nesting here in any given year, um, somewhere in that neighborhood. And yeah, it's a fun, fun thing to do. I mean, I've enjoyed finding nests over the years. You know, obviously when you do find them, try to, try to, uh, you know, give them wide berth and, and watch from a distance and, and not regularly disturb them or not disturb them at all, really, ideally. So, uh, but sometimes you can't help it when they're in your yard. Obviously, they're kind of acclimated to you. So Yeah, there was a dry year. You might remember we had one yeah. or two. <laughs> and I had the hose out in my front yard, and I was watering diligently. And too many times I'd spray this hose way back in the trees, and some poor junco would come bursting out. And then, you know, years later, I watched one build a nest in there. I felt kind of bad oh. about that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Just pay attention, really. I guess is the if you want to find bird nests, see a little bit more about bird mm-hmm. nests. It's a it's a nice way to spend time, whether you're out and about or in your yard, just watching and seeing what the birds are doing. And now is just the best time. Just typically when you think it's a little bit too early and there's cold wind and you don't want to just stand still out there, that can be the best time. Yeah. Like, so looking for the birds this time of year, carrying, uh, acting a little weird, and then carrying material basically they don't carry material unless they're going to build a nest typically unless it's like a raven just playing they do sometimes but um and then uh yeah a little later in the summer if you're out and about listening for the the uh, young begging Mm -hmm. or watching for adults carrying food and or the ones that have two broods and will Mm -hmm. nest again yeah might be carrying material again so well i appreciate you coming in laura anything else you want to mention here before we wrap up Nope, just gather your binoculars and patience and uh, dress warm and go out there because now is the best time. Yeah, good advice. Thanks, Laura. You've been listening to a conversation I recorded yesterday with Laura Kaltenstein. I want to thank her for taking some time to visit with me and thank you for joining me here on the Sitka Nature Show this week. As always, I'd love to hear what you're seeing out there if you're getting out and watching the birds, following the birds around, and you happen to find nests, I'd love to hear about it or anything else that you find of interest or have questions about, I'd be happy to see. Please feel free to send me an email, sitkanature at gmail.com, or you can get on Facebook and like the Sitka Nature page there. I look forward to being back in a couple of weeks. Until then, this has been Matt on the Sitka Nature Show, KCAW Sitka.